You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL podcast. How is everyone doing this wonderful Wednesday? I just got back from Steeler Minicamp. They got five out of ten in the book so far. We're going to be talking to Mark Schofield as we do every Wednesday here in a moment. But I just wanted to tell you real quick, you can get Locked On NFL on a brand new podcasting app, Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And when you get in your car, do me a huge favor and tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On NFL. We are brought to you by Blue Chew. I'll tell you about them here in a moment. But Mark, more importantly, how are you doing, dude? I am doing fantastic, buddy. Nice little Memorial Day in the books, Memorial Day weekend, and back to talk about some football, which is always fun. Yeah, yeah, and it is, I'm not going to candy coat things. It's a little bit of a slow time of the year in terms of creating content, and I teased it yesterday after Twitter Tuesday, check out Twitter Tuesday if you didn't, that Mark and I, much like last week, are going to invert it and talk about all the first place teams and who could go... I'm not going to say worst to first. I don't know what parameters we want to put on this, but let's start with the question. I'm going to to bring up the team, and then I'm going to ask you the question, do you think they will repeat as division champs? And then we'll just go from there. But I do think there are some of these eight teams that have a pretty good chance to move substantially down the the standings. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean... It's going to be interesting because a lot of these divisions have last year some like first time division champions or first Mm -hmm. time in a while. And so you wonder if things will stick. And there's obviously been a lot of player movement. We've had some offseason, some free agency, some draft stuff. And I could look at at least, I'd say, four or five teams where I'm like, I'm not so sure they're coming back to at least win the division. They might still make the playoffs, but I'm a little wary about their division title chances. Yeah, yeah, I 100% agree. Um Although your division, the AFC East, is probably the least interesting. That's where we're going to yeah. start. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll throw it out there because I said I would, but are you going to pick the Patriots to repeat this year? Yeah, I mean, I think out of the eight division winners last year, this is still probably the easiest one to think will so repeat. Too. Because, I mean, Miami looks to be a year away. Same with the Bills and the Jets. They, they, That's they've a little eight, kind. We, we've talked about these teams, though. They've all made some pretty good moves. But I think, you know, the Jets and Bills are probably a year away. Dolphins probably two or three. But, you know, ask me again in two years, I guess. Yeah, right, right. I mean, exactly. I mean, we're not going to spend a lot of time on that division. However, I do want to throw one little caveat out there. We're not going to throw out, like, well, if Tom Brady gets hurt, then, I mean, that could happen to any team. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there are some teams that... And I've brought this up many times. It stayed very healthy last year. Like, they may deal with more injuries. But we're not going to throw it out there. Well, if Rodgers gets hurt and these five guys get hurt. I mean, uh, let's assume health to some degree when having these conversations. And I'm not going to hold you to it either. And these aren't my you know official division picks. But, yes, I think New England will win their division again. They'll probably win five games within the division. According to Warren Sharp, they have the easiest schedule in the league. Like, I like their chances to be a double-digit win team, and I don't think anybody else in the division is going to approach that, really. Yeah, I mean, we know what's going to happen. They'll lose a game down in Miami somehow because they always Mm -hmm. manage to lose that game, even though Miami looks bad. But they'll probably sweep the rest of the division games, and there you go. You're already at 5-1, and and they've got a favorable schedule, like you said. I mean, whether it's strength of schedule, whether it's Warren Sharp's analysis – 
they're going to be okay, I think. No, I think Absent, so. you know, number 12 going down or something. Of like course. That. And we're not even, I mean, disaster could hit any of these teams, obviously. The North, to me, is much more interesting, though. I mean, the Browns are right now the Vegas favorite, but they came in third. Baltimore won the division, but only by half a game over the Steelers. Do you see the Ravens repeating? I don't. And obviously, like you said, the easy money, the the money right now is on Cleveland. But you and I talked about this a little bit. Your Steelers, I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility. The Pittsburgh says, wait a second. You know, before we start crowning Cleveland, let's play some games here, you know? They've still got Roethlisberger. That defense looks to be a little bit improved. You've made some additions there. And so, trust me, it comes up at the facility from time to time. Yeah, I'm sure (laughs) it does. I mean, I'm sure you get inside that locker room, or even not even inside the locker room, just on the practice field itself. You hear it from time to time. Yeah. You see those Baker Mayfield videos on the timeline yesterday? Everybody says they're the best team in this division. I'm sure that's going to come up. Yeah, not your division anymore. Browns are going to win it. You know, yeah. Right. So, I mean, I don't. I mean, I think the Ravens could still be good, but I think with Pittsburgh still being Pittsburgh and with the way Cleveland has improved, I think it's tough to sit here right now and say, yeah, Baltimore wins this division again. Baltimore's one of these teams, though, that I have the utmost respect for because they always get a win or two more than their talent dictates. You know, I really think Harbaugh's a good coach. They were 10-6 and last year. Did they have the best roster in the division? Probably not. I could see them squeaking out an ugly 10-6 and six again, though, and who knows? Yeah. I mean, look, Baltimore is that proverbial team that Patriots fans, when it gets to be January, are just terrified of. They just think, do yeah. not want to face Baltimore at home, at M&T, wherever, you know, on the moon, on the sun, anywhere. They just – they're terrified of the Ravens, and I get it. We've seen that happen. They are that proverbial team you never want to play. And like you said, they get to 10-6 and six with Lamar Jackson – running it 27 times in his first start against Cincinnati. Now he's going to have an entire offseason. And, yes, I know the reports out of Baltimore are he struggled with his hand place, but the ball is coming out of his hands funny. We all remember last year Mahomes looked awful in his OTAs and his training camp. It's May. It's not May. December. So calm down on the Lamar Jackson panic right now. They could still, like you said, squeak out an ugly 10-6, and 11-5. and five. I just think this division has improved, especially looking at Cleveland. Yeah, I, I do too. Um, again, though, I mean, if I told you a year ago, Baltimore's going to pull their starting quarterback about halfway through the season, do you think they're going to win the division? Oh. I mean, <laughs> I'd be like, no. I mean, well, Harbaugh's probably fired. They're right. It's all chaos. over. Right. Ozzie's already out. Team? Harbaugh's yeah. on his last leg anyways. They're out the door. Yeah, they're, they're kind of like a cockroach. They don't die. Yep. They do not. And no. you and I both know that one well. Yeah, absolutely. They've been big rivals of our the teams we follow closest. An interesting one to me, and to be honest, I haven't pulled up the standings in a while, but Houston won 11 games last year. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. the quietest 11 games ever, and a lot of it was early in the year, but they still won 11 games, and I know O'Brien is often criticized, but this guy wins eight every year with me and you as his quarterback, right. and, and no offensive line this past year. They won 11 games. This division and these two teams, Houston and Indy, I mean, Houston starts 0-3, and then they rip off a bunch of wins in a row. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Indy, the start that they have. What do they go, 0-5 out of the gate? And you're thinking, Frank Wright doesn't know what he's doing. Oh, wait, oh, no. Exactly, they went, right. Lux one, hurt. One in, yeah, 1-5. 
they beat Washington in week two, but then they lost four straight after losing in week one. Locks hurt. Frank Reich doesn't know what they're doing. Both of these coaches seem to right the ship. I mean, I think the easy thing to say is, look, Indy, they have all the cap room. They made all these acquisitions. They had what we think we talked about, a really good draft. I wouldn't count out Houston. I think this is a tough one to call. I think it's a little bit closer than the AFC North. I wouldn't count out Houston because what O'Brien's able to squeeze out of Sean Watson, get another year with him. And then, I, I don't know, the other two teams, Jacksonville, maybe they get something out of Foles, maybe they not. I thought that this was a team when we talked last week would you know, be able to rebound, but now you talked me out of that one. So now, I don't know, maybe we could say sitting here right now, Houston still finds a way to win this division. They won't be my pick, I think, but they're another one that I have respect. Like I said, I have respect for the organization could you see them as the fourth place team? Yeah, you I could? mean, probably. I mean, oh. no. I mean, I thought I you meant either, yeah. fourth, like in the stand, like no, no, no. Standings, I mean, no, in, no, in I don't think division. they're finishing last in the South. I mean, it might be a situation where they go nine and seven, and they're you know second or third. I mean, that mm-hmm. could happen. I do think um, the division's improved. It's a good division. Yeah. I mean, if, if Mario, if Marcus Mario stays healthy, Planet Two Thirty is going to be interesting with him. I think that might help him. You know, with his play style, you know, might help him avoid some injuries. If Jacksonville's defense somehow gets, you know, close to what they were last year and they get something out of the quarterback position we expect to with Foles, this could be an interesting division. This might be one of those divisions where, you know, the final fourth place team is like, you know, eight and eight. Right. And it's a possibility. I'm definitely lower on Jacksonville than most, though. And uh, them aside, though, I do think the top three are really good. Um, I want. I wasn't telling people about Blue Chew, and I will here in a moment. But you brought up Mariota, and I'm glad you did, because rarely do I like people have changed their bodies. They've added weight. They've dropped weight. Usually by this stage, when you're that age, you kind of know what your ideal playing weight is, and you stay there. But everyone changes. But in this case, I liked hearing it because he doesn't run as much as you think. I mean, he's not Kyler Murray. He's not Lamar Jackson. And I think the body armor, the added weight could probably help him within the pocket. I think so, too. And, you know, we've talked about Mariota a little bit on these shows, and it's always sort of the, you know, is he ever going to live up to what we thought he could be? And you and I both liked him. It seems like we're both still in his corner, but it's harder to be in that corner. corner, That island is less and less populated right now. It might be (laughs) like you and Marcus on there, for a matter of fact. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not even sure if it's coach and GM. Yeah, it's just the three of us. But I I think him playing at a bigger way, because like you said, he's not a runner. He's not like he'll get you something with his legs, but Mm -hmm. that's not his play style. And if he could survive some of the abuse in the pocket with a little bit more weight on his frame, it's not going to hurt his arm or anything like that. It's going to help him with the longevity piece of it. And so if the added weight is going to allow him to stay healthy, I'm all for it. I don't think it's going to hurt his playing style whatsoever. Yeah, I kind of like the sounds of it, but I'm somewhat of a Mariota apologist, too. Yeah, I, mean, so I always give him the of the doubt. Yeah. So might as well. Yeah. Guys, let's talk about sex. Good sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Maybe you still are, but still, listen up. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. Blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. I always little I always add this into the read that 
I never understood a pill to begin with. I mean, hey, hon, I'll meet you in an hour. I'm going to take this pill. In the meantime, read a book, you know, whatever. I didn't quite understand that situation. Now, folks, this isn't just for guys that cannot perform. It's for any guy who wants extra functionality to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy. Best of all, no awkwardness. They're also made in the USA. And since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they are much cheaper than a pharmacy. So here's what you do. Again, even if you don't think you need it, do it anyways. Trust me. Right now, we've got a special deal just for you guys listening. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free. Special promo code locked on, all one word. All you got to pay is the shipping. It's just five bucks. B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code locked on to try it free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And, of course, we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Go check them out. All right. The West is interesting to me. I'm also a yeah. Chargers apologist. And both these teams, the Chargers and the Chiefs, won 12 games last year. And if we hold true to the format of the podcast and say, are you going to pick the Chiefs to win the division? At the end of May, I'm going to say no. But man, their home field advantage, they were 7-1 there last year, is so much better than the Chargers. Frankly, I think they're so much better coached. I don't want to bet against Mahomes, but I see chinks. Yeah, I mean, there are some things to worry about. And the one team last year that went into, at least in the regular season, that went into Arrowhead and beat them were the Chargers. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you keep that in mind. I'm Look, football media, all of us, we've all been clamoring. This is the year that Rivers and company, they finally break through. Last year it was just, they go 12-4, and four, but because of the tiebreaker, they don't win the division, so they get back-to-back, you know, East Coast trips in the playoffs. You know, if they somehow win that division and they're playing at home, this playoffs might have turned out differently. Then you've got Mahomes. We expect some regression, Maybe, right? Though, but if they're playing the Chiefs at home in round one, it's going to be all red. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know what and I mean? Like tidy soccer stadium. It's, right. You know, the the weird thing with them is this. How much regression do we expect from Mahomes? And will that be enough to flip this division? Because let's start there. Say numbers, can he? I mean, like, I think, you know, last year, obviously, video game numbers. mm -hmm. uh, We know this. I mean, the numbers were just ridiculous, you know, completing, you know, 66% of his throws, 5,000 yards, 50 touchdowns, just 12 picks, you know, 2.1 percentage interception rate. He's got to come back, I think, to like at least like just forty-two TDs. I mean, and what yeah. is that? Especially if it's not Tyreek around. You got no Tyreek. Kareem Hunt's gone to defense is gone. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be some holes in this armor. Is that enough to just swing a swing one game? And B, can the Chargers still win twelve? I think those are the pivotal questions. Mm-hmm. Because I As think, for, look, Kansas ahead. City's still going to win a bunch of games. I mean, I'm not yeah, saying they're going right. to go like 7-9 and nine or something. No, right. I mean, like, they certainly, none of us are going to say, boy, they could be in the last place in this division. No, no, I mean, no. I don't think that can happen. No, um, not with Denver and Oakland here. No, right, right. Mahomes, though, I'm as big a fan as any. I thought he was the best quarterback in that class, and I'm proud to say that. I don't get him right every year, but that year I did. But anyone that plays fantasy and is reading, you know, some of these fantasy dorks with their advanced metrics, they all tell you, don't draft Pat Mahomes where he's going in drafts because every quarterback that's had a year like that, including Manning and Brady, 
they always come back to earth 10, 20% of fantasy numbers or touchdowns, like you said. Is he special? Yes. Is he the most special quarterback that's ever lived in the history of the world, though? <laughs> you know, that he can yeah. buck those numbers? Probably not. And where I also think, and again, I'm his biggest fan, he has to turn the ball over more, right? I mean, he's, he is a risk taker. Let's just put it that way. He is. That's the confounding thing with trying to pre- project his, you know, 2019 season. As you, this time last year, I, he was my QB2. I had Watson one QB2. Mm-hmm. So I liked him. Not as much as you, but still liked him coming out. And even guys like us were saying his first full year as a starter, he just started the one game. He's a gunslinger, risk taker. He's going to throw a lot of picks. 12 isn't the number I expected. I expected like 2021. 20, right. I so, said he'd be the most fun player to watch in the league, yeah. and I was right, but I thought some of it would be Farvian interceptions. And, and so I I want to sit here again and say, yeah, he's going to throw more picks, but after what he how he proved me long run last year, I'm still hesitant to do that because of how he sort of handled the training camp portion, realizing he could push the envelope and what he could get away with and what he couldn't get away with, and that allowed him to still take some risks, but not ridiculous ones. Like, you look at that game against New England in the regular season, the throw before the end of the first half where he forced Travis Kelsey. You look at that play, and it's like, yeah, he forced it, but it's still an understandable decision. So I think Mm -hmm. he's figured out that balance between what's ridiculous and what guys like him can get away with. I think he's better than lucky. And it's not like, oh, it's only 16 games, he got lucky, he's going to be like Favre and throw a ton of picks. No, I mean, he'll throw more. But he's got a knack for being smart of when to hold him and when to fold him, too, for a young guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, let's face it. Tornado warnings. We've had a lot of tornadoes in this country. But last night, they had some in Kansas City, and he's still studying film. I kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. His girlfriend tweeted that out or put it on Instagram or whatever. But, yeah, it was fun to see. Dallas was 10-6 and six last year, won the NFC East. They were 7-1 and one at home. Offense was a lot better post-Amari Cooper. You like their chances of repeating? I think they could, but when you sort of put out the caveat that we're not going to talk about injuries, this is the immediately the division I thought of because I yeah. think Philly has one of the best rosters top to bottom in the league right now. They just they look really good on paper, and obviously it starts with number eleven. Look, if Wentz stays healthy, I think Philly wins this division. But that's the if. And I know we weren't going to get into the injury part there. And so I'll just say, well, assume Wentz is healthy. I think Philly wins this division. But I do think it's going to be between Dallas and Philly. I, I know we're not talking. I, I don't think either one of us is going to pick Washington to win the division. But they also are need to be mentioned in the injury world when you're talking about right. this division. And also, I think it's a big deal if Dallas gets their center back. I mean, if they get Frederick yeah. back, all of a sudden that line might be dominant again. I have respect for the Cowboys in a way I didn't think I would in in terms of they're kind of a patient building team from Jerry. They're not this aggressive fly by the seat of your pants type of organization anymore. A lot of homegrown talent, especially on defense. I think they're becoming a better organization. But that being said, I think the Eagles are a top three to five organization. Yeah, I, I think so too. They're forward thinking on both sides of the ball with how they've embraced, you know, some of the analytics revolution in terms of going for it on fourth down and Philly mm-hmm. special. That was a big reason, you know. Again, the difference between how they handled the game and Jacksonville handled their game. Doug Peterson watching how Jacksonville closed things out or failed to against New England thought, I'm not going to change who we are. We're going to be aggressive. And they stuck to that and got them a Super Bowl. And so they're a well-run organization. Like you said, you know, some of the other teams are trending in that direction. But I do think it's sitting here right now. This looks to be Philly. Dallas probably still gets into the playoffs, but it's it's Philly and Dallas. 
Yeah, I mean, again, I just think the Eagles are a really strong team, to be yeah. honest. I'd, I'd have a, and that's not a knock at all on Dallas, no. but I do think Dallas could be, um, I mean, in it for sure. I mean, I, I right. think that they have a chance and, to be a contender or more or less. And we mentioned, you know, those teams you don't want to play. Like if you're the team that wins, say, the North, but you're the four seed and you got to host, you know, Dallas on that wild card weekend, you comfortable with that? Probably not. Right. Yeah, good point. Um, we're going to get to these other three division winners here in a moment, but I just wanted to also tell you this show is also brought to you by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com, be there, do that, get rewarded. All right, Mark, we are back, and I think a very interesting division is the NFC North. The Bears won this division at 12-4, and four, and the next closest team was 8-7-1. I mean, that is a substantial difference in record. But I don't think I'm going to pick them to win the division. And I'm going to start on this one. I don't have a lot of faith in Trubisky, but I have faith in what they've built around him, including coaching. And yes, he is getting better. But my biggest problem with the Bears to repeat, it, well, it's two things. I think the Vikings and Packers are better now than they were. And I think this defense is great. But I almost feel like in a Jacksonville way, they have to come back to the mean in a way. Are they going to, you know, they lose two pretty good defensive backs, Callahan and Amos. Well, are they going to create as many turnovers? I have to guess not. I mean, just history shows that it's hard to keep that level of, you know, interception and fumble production. And maybe more importantly is you lose your defensive coordinator. And I'm a Chuck Pagano fan. He was our defensive back coach when I was with the Browns. I like him a lot. But it's a scheme change, and I think Fangio was really good at kind of masking some corner deficiencies that I'm not sure Pagano will. I could see a little bit of a system change, and stylistically, I don't think the Bears' D will be the same, although they have some great players. And to me, that's enough of the window for either a healthier Vikes or more likely an improved Green Bay team to win this division. Yeah, I mean, um, I could just sit back and say exactly what Matt just said there. Yeah. Is my entire thinking. I think you just nailed it. I mean, we expect some regression from the defense. There's a scheme change. And you know, Pagano will do some different things. They'll be aggressive at times. Year two of Roquan Smith without a holdout, you should expect should be him better. to be better. Yeah. You know, But I don't think it can be as good. It would just be hard for that defense to be as good as they were last year. They, they were such an integral part of this team and forcing turnovers and Force on offensive mistakes. So that's a huge part of it. Trubisky, yes, he's improving. I want to believe in him. I do. But you still see some perhaps fatal flaws with him with his step into the bucket of the left foot and the yeah. inability to throw left at times. And then, like you said, a big part of it is we expect Dallas, I mean, Minnesota and Green Bay to be better. I mean, Minnesota's got to win more than eight games. Green Bay, they were a dysfunctional team at times. That offense, we hope to be better under Matt LaFleur. And so, I think it's hard to make the case for Chicago sitting here right now with, with with how their defense will regress and how some of the other teams in this division look to be. Yeah, and I think their deal will be good. I yeah. just think that you know the, the Vikings missed the most field goals in the league last year, and their offensive line coach passed away going into the season. Like right. that's hard to win, you know. And they still were what eight, seven, and one. You know, like that ain't bad. And the Vikings or the Packers to me. They have Rodgers, first and foremost. I think a scheme change has to help the offense, and I think their defense is probably the most improved defense in the league. Yeah, and 
you know, the the stagnation in that Packers offense. I mean, it became a joke on Twitter, slant flat. I mean, there are people still right now as we're sitting here talking, Matt, putting together clips of them running slant flat over and over and over again. Yeah. McCarthy was a visionary when he first came into the league as a head coach, but he got stale over time. That sometimes happens. You need a new voice. Now they've got it. All right, the South, the Saints were 13-3. and three. No other team was 500 in that division. Um, I did my power ranks last week or the week before. I had New Orleans number one, but I had all four of these teams 16 or better. I think this is a good division. I, Outside of maybe the AFC South and how we talked about that, mm-hmm. this might be one of the better divisions in football. I, mean, I think it'll be the best last place team in the league. Whoever, yeah, you know what I, I mean? mean? Whoever finishes in last place is probably a team that's good enough to maybe even win a playoff game. Yeah, depending right, on the right. matchup. And I think we I think New Orleans is probably still the best team in this division. But if Newton's healthy and the weapons they have around him and how North Turner has adjusted his style of offense, Atlanta, that is still a very good offense with weapons. Matt Ryan is still a very good quarterback. And if Bruce Arians can get what we hope he can out of Jameis Winston, these could be four very good teams. Yeah, I, I mentioned Pagano was our secondary coach over with the Browns. Well, Todd Bowles was his assistant, and I think yeah. he's going to make the, the Bucks D at least average. You know, aggressive. Yeah. They've drafted so many corners. They won't be a stagnant, predictable defense. I'm an Arians believer. Kind of like Mariota, I still believe in Winston. So... Whenever the I know their schedule's awful, but whenever the the over under win total things come around, I'm surely going to take the over in Tampa, and I think they might be better than Carolina. And I look at Atlanta and say, what when, when they get Deion Jones and Keanu Neal and you know a lot of those injured, fast, integral defensive players back, that's going to pay off. Yeah, it will. And the thing to remember about this Tampa Bay defense is last year it was awful. I mean, especially in terms of the pass game. I mean, Patrick Mahomes adjusted net yards per attempt of 8.89, which led the league, while the Bucks gave up an adjusted net yards per attempt of 7.7. I mean, they were basically turning every opposing passer into a top-five quarterback. <laughs> and there was a stretch during the early part of the first half of the season where they were giving up an adjusted net yards per attempt of, like, over nine. I mean, they were just turning every opposing quarterback into Patrick Mahomes. They got a little bit better down the stretch. If they could just improve on that just the slightest, they're going to be a better defense. And let's face it, that's a low bar to cross. Yeah, there. right. I mean, you, don't be terrible. It's hard to be worse. Don't be terrible. Be just below average, and you're going to be a better defense. Yeah, right. I mean, the, the linebacker they'd white might be the rookie of the year. You know, I think scheme change helps a lot. Bring pressure. Sue's a good player. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm with you there. And last thing, you mentioned the numbers that the passing game that they allowed on defense. If you combine the year that Winston and Fitzpatrick had, I bet they're at the top of the list, you know, behind Mahomes, but one of the better combined team quarterback scores. This is, Matt, I'm so glad you brought that up. This is still one of my stats from last year that just continues to blow my mind. If you look at the top three quarterbacks and adjusted net yards per attempt, which I think it's one of the newer stats, but I do like it. I think it's a good way to sort of quantify quarterback performance. It's Mahomes at one with 8.89, Breeze at two with 8.47, and Ryan Fitzpatrick at three with 8.04, putting them ahead of Rivers, Ryan, Goff, Wilson, Brady, Roethlisberger, and Rodgers, closing out the top ten. And that's just over, you know, eight games, seven starts and a two and five quarterback record but he put up some ridiculous numbers and so with Bruce Arians now coaching Winston 
I like it. It could happen. It could happen. Yeah, I agree. Um, we started the show with the AFC East and pretty much skimmed over it saying, I think the Patriots are going to win the division. I think the NFC West is the most similar in that I think the majority of us will take the Rams. I didn't see 10 wins coming from Seattle at all, and I don't see it happening again. I'm, I'm still going to bet against that team, although they may kick me in the nuts too. I mean, they're kind of like the Baltimores in Houston to find more wins than they should. I think San Francisco can be better, but can they go from four wins to the top? I doubt it. And I think Arizona will be fun, but ain't going to happen this year. I, I think the Rams are pretty clearly the team to beat here. I think so. I mean, I think Seattle, maybe they get to 10 wins again. Maybe they get to 11, but it, it, they do have some holes on that roster. Mm-hmm. San Francisco is going to be, if Garoppolo can stay healthy, I think better. But I don't see them getting, you know, 10 wins or into the playoffs or anything like that. Arizona, like you said, they'll be fun. Maybe they win a couple of games, but they're going to be a year or two away as they sort of learn Cliff's system and things like that. So I think the Rams, you know, with what they were able to do, again, we're not going down the injury road, but the girly thing will be interesting to watch. We've read some reported on that. I think it was Jay Glazer this week that basically said they're worried about his knee. You know, he might be on a pitch count type of situation, but they'll still be good enough, I think, to win the division. Yeah, and I think picking up Henderson is very nice insurance for them. Henderson, getting Cooper Cup back, the yeah. relationship between him and Goff is a very good one. These are young quarterback, young receiver that are on the same page. You watch some of their film from early in the season. It's like, you know, one guy's finishing the other sentence is basically, you know, just on the football field. They know exactly where the guy's going to be. They know where the ball is going to be. So getting Cup back is going to be huge for that offense. Yeah, and if we call McVay a coordinator, I think they have as good a pairings of coordinators right. in the league, too, and that makes up for a lot of problems. Yeah, it definitely does. So that should be a good team, but it's going to be fun. I mean, look, we're doing this at the end of May. Our opinions might change by mid-June. Yeah, so. maybe we'll do it again at the end of July yep. or something. Um, I also You mentioned Trubisky. Maybe next week we'll talk Trubisky and a couple other quarterback evals, something along those lines, right in your wheelhouse. We haven't done that for a while. Um, but, folks, I am going to pull the curtain back. Mike Sando and I are going to record tonight. I'll record it and have it published at 8 a.m. tomorrow for you guys while I'm at minicamp. Um, we'll be going over his article about the he, – he had grades for all offseason teams, all 32. We talked about seven of them last week. I'm going to pick another five, six, seven tonight to talk about. And Mark will be back next week. Mark, thanks so much, brother. Always, my friend. Always a blast. Absolutely. We will see you, you all later. Over and out.